You're listening to the Avenue Church Podcast. Our desire is that this message will inspire you to encounter Jesus and find a better way to do life. For more info and to connect with us, visit us online at theavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening. Oh my goodness, it's good to see you. It is June. You excited? Hey, school is over. And and before we go any further, we got to give it up for our educators, our our school administrators, our students. Hey, it's been a difficult year. It's been a difficult year. Uh, But man, our teachers taught with masks on. Our our students, some of them started out in homes and then uh, worked their way back into the school setting. And uh, it's been a difficult year. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been longing for a break, a a time where we can just get away and hit pause, catch our breath just a little bit. Anybody with me? Amen. Hey, listen, here's what's funny about that, though. As as crazy, busy as life has been, we kind of picked up pretty quickly after after COVID. Our life kind of got back to normal pretty quickly for most. Our schedules got got crazy. But I read a statistic the other day that said 57% of Americans use up their allotted time for vacation. 57%. Uh, We've got a crazy schedule, but only 57% are using up all their vacation. Get this. It's even crazier. A study was done that said 87% of men and 60, about 66% of women say that they work more than 40 hours a week. And two-thirds of those say, hey, you know what? I'm still not getting everything done. So we got, we got some that are taking all their vacations, 57%, but we're still saying, hey, we're crazy, crazy busy. There was a study that was brought before Congress in the 1960s. Get this that said, over the next course of years, as these new time-saving inventions come out, that in 30 years, the average American, get this, will only have to work 15 hours a week. Are you kidding me? Get this. And not only that, they said the biggest problem that the government is going to have is to fill up people's free time. Not even lying. It's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. That's not my story. Let me tell you, my life is busy. I've got four kids. Uh, Jim Gaffigan says it best. What's the transition like between three kids to four kids? He says, well, it's like you're drowning and someone gives you a kid. And that is exactly (laughs) like my life. No lie, it is crazy busy. But here's the thing. I'm gonna be very honest with you this morning. About three months ago, four months ago, it all kind of hit hard, my, my busyness. This life of hurry kind of hit home. Um, there was about a week stretch where anytime I grabbed my keys, I could be moving my keys from one counter to, the, to another counter. And my little boy, my three-year-old said, Daddy, you going to work? It could be, it could be 10 o'clock at night and I moved my, ki- uh, my keys over. Daddy, are you leaving? And I knew then, Chad, you got it messed up. You've got, it, you've got your priorities mixed up. If your son has seen you leave, the worst thing that I want is my son to be, be upset or mad at the church or at my job because it's taken me away from him. And I realized pretty quickly that um, I was kind of just giving my family what was left of me, right? How many have been there? But not only that, I started evaluating everything and I'm, I'm going, hey, God, you're getting the leftovers as well, and it's not right. Let me ask you this morning, are you busy? Are you living a life of just being in a hurry? 
Medical professionals and psychologists today have a term for this. It's a new epidemic that's taken over our world and it's called hurry sickness. Have you heard of it? Let me give you the definition of what hurry sickness is this morning. There's two definitions. It's a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness. Second one, when a person feels chronically short of time and so tends to perform every task faster and they often get flustered when encountering any kind of delay. Let me tell you, I've seen some of you drive. Any kind of delay sets you off. I see, I see you at HEB looking for the short line, right? There, that doesn't even exist in HEB, right? Maybe you can't diagnose yourself with hurry sickness. I want to give you, I want, I want to give you a test, a hurry sickness test. I'm not shoving anything up your nose this morning, but I believe it could be just as uncomfortable because I want to give you 10 symptoms of hurry sickness. And I, I need you to be honest with yourself this morning. I want you to evaluate these 10 symptoms and I want you to see how many of these you, you can relate to. Okay, you ready? The first one is irritability. You get mad, you get frustrated, you get annoyed way too easily. Like little normal things set you off. And here's the thing, I'm not talking about the way uh, you get frustrated at your coworker or, or maybe your neighbor. No, I want you to think about the way you treat your spouse and your kids. Second thing is hypersensitivity. Minor comments hurt your feelings. That grumpy email that you get sets you off. Like one, day, one thing can ruin your entire day. You just can't seem to roll with the punches. Restlessness. Like you try your best to just sit down and rest. You turn on the TV, you prop up your feet just to relax, but you can't. You get on your phone, you start checking emails, you start doing your laundry, you just can't seem to rest. What about workaholism? You don't know when to stop. Like your drug of choice is accumulation, it's accomplishments. You fall prey to what's called a sunset fatigue. That was me. You work all day, you give so much during the day that when you get home, you have nothing left to give your family. What about this one, emotional numbness? You just don't have the capacity to feel another person's pain. I like to, to call this, you, you hoard up your, your energy. You, you, you know Monday's coming and you know you've got, uh, you've got to have the emotional energy to get through Monday because it's going to come with a lot and you don't, you don't know if you're going to be ready. So you just kind of hoard up all that, that emotional energy. You go to small group and you know there's a Karen in small group who just dumps all of her drama on you. And if you say you don't have a Karen in your group, it might be you, okay? But listen, there is that one person. And so what do you do? Because you're trying to hoard up all that energy, you do your best to avoid Karen. You say, I'm not gonna go around her because I'm gonna need that tomorrow. Out of order priorities. You get sucked into the urgent and not the important. You're reactive, you're not proactive. Months, Years and hopefully not decades go by and the things that were very important to you, you still haven't gotten around to. What about this one? A lack of care for your body. Let me tell you, that was me. You don't have time for the basics of exercise and rest and eating healthy. Like you wake up every morning and you're tired. You're always sick. You've gained weight. Lack of care for your body. Escapist behavior. When you're too tired to do what actually gives you life, you turn to the, the preferred cultural narcotic. 
You binge watch Netflix, you get on your phone, like name, name it. You find yourself stuck in this negative feedback loop of a socially acceptable addiction. What about this? A slippage of spiritual discipline. When you're over busy, the things that truly are giving life are the first to go in the, instead of the first to go to. So you start going, you know what? I'm, I can't pray anymore. I just haven't, haven't thought about it. And I'm so busy. My brain is everywhere. I haven't even thought about praying. You stop going to church because you're exhausted. Sunday morning, I'm gonna sleep in. Monday's coming. I'm gonna stop going to worship. I don't have time for small group. I know communities, it's super important, but I just, I don't have time for it anymore. And finally, isolation. You're disconnected with God and with others. Even when you are connected with God or maybe with other people, your mind is a million miles away because you're thinking of all the things you gotta do. Now, I want you to be honest. How many of those symptoms would you say, yep, that's me? That's me. And for some of you, you might need to ask your spouse because you know that they're gonna be honest and tell you which symptom you have. Maybe it's a friend, someone that you can rely on that's gonna be honest with you. And maybe you're wondering, Chad, what in the world does this have to do with my walk with God? Isn't it funny that we call it our walk with God and not our run with God? Listen, I, in John chapter 15, verses 12 and 13, we're called to love, to love God, to love others. Paul follows, follows that up later on and says that love is what? Love is patient. Listen, hurry destroys relationships. Love takes time and hurry doesn't have it. Hurry and love are incompatible. Corey Tim Boom once said that if the devil can't make you sin, he's gonna make you busy. Isn't that true? Both sin and busyness have the same effect. They cut you off from your connection with God, but also with other people. And what I wanna do for just a second is I wanna hit on just a misconnection that we see in Scripture uh, between uh, a couple of women, one that chose to connect with Jesus and one that, was, that chose to be distracted. It's in Luke chapter 10. If you've got your Bible open up, if you've got an app open up to Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, it says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. Circle that, highlight that, underline it, tell your neighbor she was distracted this morning. She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him. Parents, you're gonna, you're gonna hear this. This is gonna sound familiar. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Dude, let me tell you, I hear that, I hear my kids. She's not helping me do the dishes. I'm doing it all. Tell her to help me. That's exactly what Martha's doing. She's tattletelling. I love Jesus' response here. Sounds like me. Martha. Oh, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. There's three things that Jesus says here. He's going to expose a misconception. He's going to call out a fear, and he's going to tell you a better way. The first misconception that he exposes is this, that busyness equals productivity. Guys, let's be honest. We love the idea of being busy. We might not say it. 
but we love wearing that, that badge of busyness, right? We think it makes us feel important. In fact, most of the time, if I asked you, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? You'd say, oh man, I'm just so busy. I've got so much going on. And here's the thing. I don't know if it's because we want to feel important, but that statistic that I gave y'all earlier where it said 87% men, uh, 67% women said that they work more than 40 hours. The Wall Street Journal actually did a study on that study that said that most of those people, guess what? They exaggerated those numbers because they wanted to, to, to make people see that they're useful. See, we want to wear that badge of being busy. And if we're not careful, just like Martha, in this pursuit of productivity, we're going to miss out on what's important. Whether that's your family or that's your relationship with Jesus, we're going to miss it because we're going to be too busy. We have to stop wearing, our busy, uh, wearing busy as a badge of honor. The second thing that Jesus does, he calls out a fear. What drives Martha's busyness? It's fear. Verse 41, it says, hey, you're anxious and you're worried about many things. What fear is he talking about? Well, the house isn't going to clean itself, right? The house isn't going to clean itself. Jesus is coming over. We got to get the house in order. I'm, I'm thinking that she's probably running through her head this narrative, right? Man, what are all the other women going to think if I don't have the house ready for Jesus? Oh, man, did y'all hear about Martha? Dude, she's got so many dust bunnies in her house. It's so gross. Toys everywhere. Dishes in the sink, gross. And not only that, did you hear that she didn't even have dinner ready for Jesus? He wasn't even ready for him. Isn't it true that a lot of our busyness is driven by our fears? Think about it. Like trace back your busyness to see where it comes from. Maybe it's trying to please other people. Maybe you're scared of what others may think. What if I don't host the the baby shower? What if I don't coach the team? What are people gonna think about me? Maybe you're trying to prove yourself to your parents, to a boss, and you always have that voice in, the, in your head going, you're not good enough. You got to do more. You got to do more. Couples, we get on Instagram, right? And we see the couples on the weekend that go out every weekend. They got kids, but somehow they, they're able to get a babysitter every weekend, and they're going to all these really cool places. And so this fear of I'm missing out with my spouse, so I've got to do this, so I need to work a little bit more so I can get a little bit more, more money to, to pay that babysitter to come watch my kids so I can hang out on the weekend and look like them. What about this, parents? We see all the, the parents that have their kids and everything, like every night of the week, they got something going on, and so we're afraid that our kids are missing out, so what do we do? We put them in everything. And it, it causes some stress in our life, Right? And that stress, believe it or not, rubs off on our kids. In fact, a guy by the name of Ryan Kaplan says it best. He says it's called secondhand stress. Secondhand stress is like secondhand smoke. You're sitting next to someone who's smoking, you're breathing in. Secondhand stress is the same way. Our stress, our hyper-scheduling, it rubs off on our kids. And parents, I'm telling you right now, the number of times I've counseled students, I've gone, chat, I've got so much going on. And I feel like I'm gonna fail my parents. I feel like I'm going to fail them because of my schedule and what I've got going on. Is busyness, is it driven by fear? Third thing, Jesus tells us a better way. He says, Martha, Martha, come just be with me. Come be with me. See, his approval of you is a gift. 
It's not proven by all the things that you do. Um, God's love for you is not, it's not um, taken away. It's not guaranteed by the level of busyness that you have. It's like he's saying, look, I'm the only approval that you need. And if you've got my approval, then why in the world are you trying to manage everybody else's opinions? You've got my approval. And I, I need to make this very clear. I'm not saying go to work tomorrow and give you two weeks notice and say, Chad told me that I need to stop working. That is not a good idea. But what I am saying is Jesus has got to be your priority. He's got to be the center of everything. And if he's not, we're missing it. Proverbs says it best, uh, for, uh, chapter three, verses five and six. I love how simple this verse is. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. I think there's two houses of responsibility here, right? There's two houses of responsibility. There's our responsibility, our house of responsibility, and then there's the responsibility of God, right? Our responsibility is that we're gonna trust in the Lord with all our heart. We're not gonna lean on our own understanding. We're gonna submit to him. That's our responsibility. His responsibility is what? To make our path straight. As I read that verse... So much of my stress, guys, is when I leave my side of the house and I walk over to his side of the house and I go, God, get out of the way. I got this. Let me, let me direct my path. Let me do this. Jesus tells us a better way. Just come be with me. See, we could stop right there and I think we could all go, man, you know what? I'm pretty busy. But if we leave here, we don't have any steps to take. It's like going to the doctor and the doctor say, yeah, you're sick. Good luck come back in a month, you're probably going to be sick again. So what I want to do is I'm going to give you some three, three steps, three things that, trust me, I'm working on it. I don't have it all figured out, but there's three things that I want to challenge you to consider to do today. And the first is this, to live with selective excellence, to live with selective excellence. Now that might sound crazy because listen, I'm on a church staff where we strive to be excellent in everything we do. In fact, John Maxwell says it best. They said, excellence honors God, but it also inspires others. And I believe that. But if we're not careful, perfectionism will destroy and be our enemy to what's important. Here's what I mean. I could spend two days getting 90% of my sermon done, the quality that I need. I could spend another two more days to bump that up 5%, right? So, so now it's at 95%, but it's going to cost me two days. So for me, I'm going, okay, is that two extra days to bump it up 5%? Is it worth my time or can I invest that time somewhere else that's better in a relationship, in my health? Selective excellence. Some of you might be, hey, I could work a couple more hours tonight and get more work done or I could put it off till tomorrow and get it done and I can go home and eat lunch or eat supper with my family. I could go to their ball game. Selective excellence. Martha, she was distracted. Mary was like, hey, the house looks pretty good to me. I'm gonna sit with Jesus. She chose what was important. Second thing is update your to-don't list. Update your to-don't list. Here's the thing. I'm gonna, I don't know if, even know if this is a phobia or not, but I have a fear of being a hoarder, okay? Like the people on TV, like people that you pray for, but you also kind of laugh at it at the same time. It's really bad, but I'm afraid of that. Like, I'm absolutely afraid of, of that. So every once in a while, my family, we purge the closets. Like, we look through, okay, we don't have, uh, we don't need these clothes anymore. We don't need these shoes. We can give them to somebody else, or we don't play with these toys anymore. So let's give them away. 
Because what will happen is over the course of time, you're going to collect junk, right? And it's just going to sit. So we purge ourselves of the things that we don't need anymore. For some of you, you're more busy now than you were five years ago because you haven't sat down and said, you know what? I don't need to do this anymore. I've been doing this. I've been doing this. I've been doing this and I don't need to anymore. That's something that I don't have to do. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to purge my to-do list. Some of the best churches and businesses have realized they don't have to do everything. There's a certain things that they can do well. Man, I'm glad that our church stopped doing the handbells like a long time ago. Like they said, you know what, that's great, but we can do this over here. We don't have to do everything. Choose what is important, not necessarily the urgent. The third thing is be selective in your yeses. Write this down. Every time you say yes, there's less of you for something else. Make sure your, your yes is worth the less. Make sure your yes is worth the less. Get, listen, guys, I think the, the barrier for a, a meaningful life, it's not a lack of commitment. It's an overcommitment, right? We're saying yes to way too many things. And here's what we often say, man, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that over there. Listen, we make time for what's important. We make time for what's important. And I think that statement earlier that I said that, man, if Satan can't make you sin, he's going to make you busy. He's going to get you distracted, just like Martha. She was distracted. For some of you in the room, let's be honest, God has called you to, to maybe step up and maybe get plugged into a small group. But you know that's going to cause you to have to purge some things that you've been doing that you don't necessarily need to be doing to make room for what was important, what's important. Others of you, it might be serving. Man, I'm, I'm thankful for a group of, of volunteers and small group leaders and stu Avenue students I give every week, man. And there's some that have every right to say, I am busy. They, they own multiple businesses, run companies, but they've chosen to make time for what is important. They've purged themselves of things that maybe they didn't need to do anymore. What is it for you? Guys, we're gonna have to be weird because normal right now, it's busy, it's overworking. It's gonna look different when we choose to be selective in our yeses. Parents, let me ask you this. Right now, your, your kids are watching you. They're watching your schedule. If you're a holiday churchgoer, guess what? Don't be surprised if that's what they become whenever they graduate off. Oh, it's Easter, I'll go to church. That's what we do, that's our schedule. Don't be surprised if on Sunday mornings you've slept in and you go, I'm just too tired to go. Well, that's their new life. They've watched you. See, my biggest fear as a dad is to, to get my kids and maybe all the sports teams or get them to the college they want, but look back and go, but I've never showed them what it looked like to live like Jesus. I don't want to have regrets, guys. We've got this life and so often we get distracted. We get distracted by the world. And, and my prayer today is this, that we would make room for Jesus, that we would make room for him, that we would look at our schedules, that we would say, you know what? I have pushed you out because I've added all these other things, but I need to get back to the basics and you've got to be priority. 
I need to make room for you. So this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity. We're going to sing a song. And and maybe this is your merry moment. You hit pause and you go, I just need to be with Jesus. I need some time with Jesus. Tomorrow's a new day, guys. A new day to start a new schedule, to prioritize what's important. Let's not be distracted. Let's pray. God, you are so good. And I thank you so much for these in this room. God, it's so easy for us to get distracted on the world that we miss out on a life full of you, God. And so right now, I pray that we would evaluate our lives and maybe we become selective in our yeses that we put it to don't list. But God, ultimately, I pray that we would choose you and we wouldn't push you out, God. So today we make room for you. We love you and we trust you. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Our hope is that this message inspires you to encounter Jesus and find a better way to do life. We'd love to hear from you and get you connected on your journey. Visit theavenuechurch.com slash connect to get started. To hear the latest from us, don't forget to subscribe. See you soon.